You are now listening to The Nosebleeds with your hosts, Kush Parikh and Corey Johnson. Be sure to check us out weekly on Tuesday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Follow us on social media to stay up to date with the podcast on Twitter at the underscore nosebleeds. That's K-N-O-W-S bleeds. Instagram at the nosebleeds and on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash the nosebleeds. Yo, what up, everybody? Welcome back to the Nosebleeds Podcast. That's K-N-O-W-S Bleeds. It's your boy. You already know who it is. It's your boy, Kush. And I'm here with my co-host, as always, Mr. Corey Johnson. Corey, how you doing? I know you're finally on winter break. Finals is over. How you feeling, my man? The stress, the stress is is down, definitely. So it's not as chaotic in my life right now. So it's like, School is gone. Um, work is toning it down a little bit because, like, as soon as like we flip over into the next year, it's gonna be a lot less hours. So, but at the same time, I'm just like NBA basketball is finally here because we have NBA basketball already tipping back off again, and it's been like what just a few months since the Lakers were crowned champions of last season. Yeah, the shortest uh, off season for any major sports in America. So that's kind of crazy, and I mean today. December 22nd, it all tips off. Got the Nets and Warriors and then Lakers and Clippers. So good matchups as well, too. So they're not giving us any shitty matchups. But um, I mean, I think this whole episode should just be dedicated to the NBA. Am I right? I mean, I mean exactly. season starts today. Let's get straight into it. Let's talk about our season predictions. First of all, our award predictions, if you're wondering where those are at, that's already on our overtime with the Nosebleeds episode too. You can see that on our IG, Twitter, Facebook. Um, you guys know the plugs. If not, we'll plug it at the end. But basically, yeah, that's our award predictions. I, we both had some pretty bold predictions over there. So make sure you check that out. But let's jump into it. Let's start off with the Eastern conference let's start off with the lottery team so it's a little different this year with the way the standings are going to work it's basically uh seeds 15 through 11 are the lottery teams and then 10 9 8 and 7 all have a play-in tournament to determine who the seventh and eighth seed is and then the six through one seed are all in the playoffs so that's basically we're going to go through both of those in the eastern conference and the western conference start off eastern conference lottery team who do you have at 15 at the bottom of the Eastern Conference, Corey. I'm going with the Cleveland Cavaliers. I'm just not really liking what this roster is looking like. This is definitely a rebuilding squad. Um, they obviously went out and got Isaac Okoro in the draft, who definitely turned some heads with that game winner and that, that steal that he had in preseason and the game-winning shot at the buzzer. So look out for him. I mean, I haven't really – you know, seen a whole lot of, you know, Cavaliers preseason basketball, but that was definitely a highlight for sure uh, for them so far this season. And I just don't expect the Cavaliers to be doing a whole lot. They're a very young team. They do have Kevin Love and a few other, you know, veteran guys, but this team really to me is going to be a basement dweller in the Eastern Conference. I just don't see them really having any sort of success. Maybe we see Colin Sexton take another step. Maybe we see Kevin Porter take another step. But overall, I just think that these guys, it's a very young team. And I just think that with Kevin Love being 
you know, the leader of this team and the, you know, quote unquote best player, but more most seasoned player. I don't think that really bodes well for a Cleveland Cavaliers squad at this point in time in 2020 going into 2021. For me, I'm going with the Pistons as the 15th seed. I mean, the Pistons made some questionable moves all offseason long. Start off with a good offseason. They, they started off drafting well with Killian Hayes and Sadiq Bey. But other than that, they didn't really do anything to make this team any better. And I think I think they liked what the Knicks did last year in stacking up the big man because they got <laughs> they got Miles Plumley, Jaleel Okafor, Isaiah Stewart, and Jeremy Grant. So I what don't know what the hell they're mean? doing. Yeah, I don't know what the hell they're doing over there in Detroit. And I honestly won't be surprised if this team in the midseason ends up trading Blake Griffin and or Derek Rose to a playoff team for future assets. All right, let's go to 14th seed. I have the Charlotte Hornets. I mean, LaMelo Ball, Gordon Hayward, that was the big news, and that was great players to get. I mean, Gordon Hayward, we already went through this. His contract is a little sus, but um, this this is a young team that will focus all season long and basically trying to find an identity for who they are and basically see who plays well with one another and uh, whether they – like some of the players that they have right now, whether they can move on from them, whether it's via trade or free agency or if they can re-sign them for next season because this is really just a throwaway season and a, and a rebuilding season. <laughs> Their team is a definition of a rebuilding season. Who do you have for 14, Corey? I got the Detroit Pistons. Yeah, like you said, um, way too many bigs. I don't understand what Detroit was doing in the offseason. They kind of were just all over the place. Like you said, good moves as far as in the draft. But what on earth was that free agency? That seemed like they were just throwing money at literally any big man that wanted it and said, here you go. You want a contract? You want a contract? You want a contract? Anybody that was has some level of talent, they say, yeah, we'll just go ahead and give you a contract. But I'm just like, yo, this Detroit Pistons team, I feel so bad for Blake Griffin and Derrick Rose, to be honest with you, because they're like literally trapped in a team where they have no sort of championship aspirations and they're in like the, the, the very almost tail end of their careers. And at one point, these guys were top picks in the drafts. These guys were superstars, all-stars. And these guys were guys who you thought would, if not lead a team to a championship, be on a championship contending team at this point in their career. And it's like, wow, what a drop off this has been for both Derrick Rose and Blake Griffin. But overall, yeah, this is, like you said, a throwaway season for the Pistons by far. Yeah, I think they might have seen that Denver Nuggets lineup that they saw in the bubble with all big men on their squad with Jokic running the point. And they might have started salivating and thought they could do that themselves with the Pistons. All right, 13, who do you have? I'm going with the New York Knicks. I'm really excited for this team, to be honest, just because of Obi Toppin. Just really excited to see Dunk City in New York and just excited to see what that dude can do because I saw a little bit of him at Dayton, and this guy gets up and literally will do windmills, tomahawks, through the legs. Like, he does not care. This man, if you give him space, he will dunk it. And his game almost reminds me similar to who I was just talking about, Blake Griffin. Funny enough, like his game is fairly similar to Blake Griffin. And that's really the only saving grace with this Knicks team. 
but to be honest with you, the Knicks, the way they're kind of going, I like their direction more so than teams like the Pistons and teams like the Cavaliers. They're on the rebuilding track, but I think they might be on a right track. They cleared out the front office. They got a better coaching staff. And I feel like if they can just acquire good talent and stop having a James Dolan just completely make their franchise look like an absolute uh, just stinker and <laughs> and just avoid any sort of James Dolan controversy whatsoever, then I think the Knicks can be a, a really nice hotbed for free agents to start considering like maybe going to the Knicks and try to rebuild that franchise's name. Because if you win a championship with the Knicks, then I mean, that would be a, a, a tremendous thing to put on your re- resume. But overall, as far as championships this year, they're going to definitely be another lottery team for me. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Number 13, I have the New York Knicks as well. Um, like you said, Obi Toppin got an absolute steal with him. He's been looking great in the preseason as well. But yeah, New York is quote unquote the mecca of basketball. And I don't think Nick fans are really looking forward to another rebuild season because they've been pretty restless and I don't blame them at all. But it's funny if you look at their roster, because like I said, they went big man happy last year. They got so many big men. This year, they decided to stack up on the guards for some reason. Alfred Payton, Austin Rivers, Frank Nilakina, Dennis Vitt Jr., Emmanuel Quickly, R.J. Barrett, and Alec Burks. <laughs> like, <laughs> how do you expect to play? Emmanuel Quickly, okay, maybe not, but that's still, what, one, two, three, four, five. Six. That's still a lot of guards that you're going to have to try to move, get into the rotation. But, I mean, the only bright spot in this team is Obi Toppin. He's going to have an opportunity to build a candidacy for Rookie of the Year this season, but... Tom Thibodeau definitely has his work cut out for him in New York. All right, number 12, I have the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, Like you said, drafting Isaac Okoro, I think, was a great pick for them, and it seems like it's paying dividends already if his preseason play can carry over to the regular season. And I think, really, if Kevin Love can stay healthy, because ever since he lost all that weight, it feels like the dude is made of glass. Um, and obviously Drummond, if he can still be the Drummond he was back in Detroit, I think them two can be great. And then the duo of Darius Garland and Colin Sexton, they can really carry the scoring load and uh, the playmaking load. So I, I honestly, if this team can stay healthy, I wouldn't be surprised if they're knocking on the door of the play-in tournament. And especially, like you said, Kevin Porter, I expect him to take another big step into becoming that true shooting guard that we saw him at USC and uh, they also added JaVale McGee, too, a solid backup big man for them as well. Who is your 12th seed, Corey? I'm going with the Chicago Bulls. Um, it's weird with Chicago. Um, I like some of the guys that they have on their roster. Obviously, Zach Levine, Wendell Carter. But on the same, at the same time, I think they're going to be a team that's going to be vying for that play-in. But it's just going to be a matter of can they get, get over the top because I need to see Kobe White take another step. I need to see just a few other guys on this roster be able to take uh, an, another step in their progression. And another thing that was kind of just weird with the way they kind of went about their business in the offseason was they went and got a guy who hadn't ever started a game in college. So you're, you're a team that maybe could be sneaking into the playoffs possibly possibly getting into the play-in tournament and you're making some questionable moves to say the least. I don't know. I feel like Chicago, they have some guys that could maybe get into uh, 
maybe get them into the playing tournament, like I said, with Zach Levine. But I, I just feel like they're just going to maybe miss out, unfortunately. Yeah, I'm, for the 11th seed, I have the Bulls. Um, and I think they started their offseason beautifully by naming Billy Donovan as their new head coach. But then, like you said, they made such a bold move in drafting Patrick Williams, the guy who didn't even start with the fourth overall pick in the draft. But, you know, time only time can prove whether that was the right decision or not. Um, but I think the biggest thing for this team is a bounce back season from Laurie Markin, and they need him badly. And he's in a contract here, especially after the Bulls decided not to extend him. Exactly. That allowing was a huge him controversy. To- yeah, allowing him to hit free agency this offseason. And I mean, Zach Levine. We know Zach Levine's going to be la- Zach Levine, but I mean, who's going to be that second and third player? We all expect Laurie Markinen to be that second player, but who's going to be that third player as well, too? Is it going to be Kobe White? Is it going to be Wendell Carter Jr.? Because they're both due for a breakout season. So, in my opinion, I think it's going to be Kobe White because I just think that Kobe White and Shea Gilgis Alexander are very similar, especially in their second season. Both coached by Billy Donovan their second season. Both tall yet skinny guards have great basketball IQ, can both shoot the ball and uh, have great playmaking ability and at an above average level. And SGA in his second season with Billy Donovan as his head coach, 19 points per game, six rebounds per game, three assists per game. And he was the third scoring option on that team. I can see Kobe White having something very similar to him and having a come out, coming out season. And I think... The Bulls could be knocking on the door of the playing tournament. Who's your 11 seed, Corey? So for my 11 seed, I have the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, I think that they just missed out on getting into the postseason. And if you look at the standings, they actually finished higher than the team that went to the bubble, the Washington Wizards. But I just feel like they had a team that was capable of vying for a playoff spot last year it's just that it's weird with the hornets man they ever since kimba's kind of left they haven't really been able to find an identity like you were talking about and it's kind of like they're hoping and praying that with the acquisitions of Lamelo ball and um gordon hayward that they can sort of depend on these guys to sort of be like the front runners as far as their offense so far gordon hayward has gone down with an injury and Lamelo ball has gone over one for and just really hasn't been shooting the ball all that well and we kind of knew that was going to be the case with him we've seen that like since the kid was like 10 12 years old so he's no stranger to having very questionable shot selection and a very just chaotic shooting games. But I think once he finds his confidence, we've seen it like with his play. The reason that I have him going and getting that rookie of the year is just because even though he's not playing all that great, you wouldn't be able to tell if you turned the game on and you saw how he was playing. You would think the guy was playing and he had like 30 something points. His demeanor is just so cool, so calm and collected. And I think if he has that sort of demeanor throughout the season and just develops the confidence like he had when he was playing overseas, like he had throughout his entire basketball career, then, oh, yeah, for sure, this team could definitely maybe sneak in and get a a playing spot. But overall, I just think, like you said, Kush, they're a really young team. They don't really have much of an identity. They might be moving some guys midseason if the chemistry isn't looking right or if they're just not being able to mesh. And I think that uh, this team just has a long ways to go potentially before we can legitimately say that they are going to be vying for the playoffs. 
So it looks like our 11 through 15 seeds are all the same teams, so which means our playing and playoff teams are going to be the same as well. Maybe let's start with our playing tournament teams, which is the seven, eight, nine, ten seeds in the Eastern Conference. Let's start off with a 10 seed. Who do you have, Corey? I have the Orlando Magic. Um, this team really didn't do a whole lot as far as the offseason. Um, they got Cole Anthony in the draft, which I thought was a pretty solid point guard, which they pretty much swapped him for uh, DJ Augustine, which isn't bad when you really think about it. But I think one of the things that kind of worries me about with Cole Anthony is maybe his injury history. He did have that pretty uh, that bad injury when he was at UNC, so you don't really know how durability is going to look like. But in the preseason so far, he's looked like a dog. And, I mean, he had you no know, metal ball on skates the last time I seen him in preseason. So he's an instant highlight reel for them. Um, I think he's going to, you know, add some maybe versatility at that point guard position. But overall, I think this team is pretty much the same team that we've seen for the past few years. You know, Aaron Gordon, Vucevic, their main scorers. But overall, I, I feel like there are so many teams that got better that they kind of stayed stagnant and it didn't really help them. Yeah, for the 10th seed, I have the Washington Wizards. Obviously, this entire season will be who won the Westbrook wall trade. That's pretty much going to be it. And all eyes are going to be on how uh, Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal coexist. I mean, you have two all-star caliber players, so that's why they're in the playing tournament for me. And Westbrook will be reunited with his former coach in Scott Brooks. So mm-hmm. we'll see how that happens. But uh, they drafted Denny who I think has potential in this league, given his size at six, nine and his playmaking and shooting ability. It's crazy uh, that he fell to them at nine. And then they re-signed Davis Bertans to a huge four year, $80 billion deal. And uh, I, I really don't have a reason to have them at, or the reason I have them at 10 is because the team's defense is just very suspect. I mean, you look at it from, top to bottom they really don't have any defenders that can go out and defend your best perimeter player and really it's just Russell Westbrook but other than that you know these teams in the Eastern Conference and in the playing tournaments they have multiple guys that can play offensively so their their defense is going to be their Achilles heel for them and that's why I have them at 10. At number nine I have the Orlando Magic uh, they recently just locked up their young core in Markel Fultz and John Isaac, and they drafted Cole Anthony, like you said. And first of all, for Markel Fultz, they got a f- number one overall pick for a second rounder. And then for him to have played at the level to- he played to earn a three-year, $50 million extension. I mean, good for Markel Fultz and the Magic. I think it's a win-win for both Fultz and the Magic. It's just, it's just crazy how the Sixers took him at number one and then literally just traded him for pennies and now he's he's like it, it's insane the thing is is like what did danny ainge know because the celtics had that number one seat and totally finessed the hell out of philly with yeah, that trade did. bro and they ended up getting jason tatum out of it so i know the player they were gonna draft anyway which is insane but um this team honestly has one of the most underrated big men in the league in vucevic like you said and then they'll obviously still have aaron gordon and evan fournia but the Magic have been content with being a bottom playoff seed in the East for the past couple of years. And they it's going to happen again because they choose to do nothing about it in the offseason. And I think this team just can't seem into luring any free agents and they, they're content where they're at. And that's where they're going to be again this year. Who's your number nine, Corey? Number nine, um, I'm going with the Atlanta Hawks. I feel like this team has a whole lot of talent. 
I feel like they definitely made some really good moves. Bogdan Bogdanovich. Um, they also got in uh, Danilo Gallinari, and I just feel like they made like some really good moves in the offseason. But a thing that I think will depend upon this team going from uh, the nine ten to AFC uh, range or maybe even being a solidified uh, playoff team is, of course, Trey Young. If Trey Young has a MVP caliber season, this team is going to be a legitimate playoff team. Like, they're going to be a certified playoff team because that's the biggest question mark that I have is can Trey Young go out and lead this team and get them into the postseason? Because they have all the pieces there. They, they made all the moves. They went in – provided Lloyd Pierce with a roster that should get into the postseason. But I just think that one of the things that might hurt them is whether or not they can mesh in all this talent and whether or not they can figure out who is going to be playing where and, and like just the roles that are going to have to be figured out as the season goes along. That's something that is going to take time. That's something that um, they might – have to take a while to get going. And that's one of the reasons why I feel like if it takes them maybe a little too long to figure things out, maybe they'll be one of those teams in that 10, nine or eight range. So for me, the Atlanta Hawks are actually the eight seed for me. I mean, are we, we already went through this in the past where I said, this is my sleeper team in the East. And I think they're going to make the eight seed. I already said what I said about the Hawks. So if you want to check that out, go ahead and check out IG, check out Facebook in a previous episode that's on there. I don't really need to go into it, but this team really had one of the best off seasons in the NBA and they will be rewarded with the eighth seed for doing so. But I think the crazy thing that threw me off guard in between that last episode and this one is them deciding not to re-sign John Collins. I mean, I know they went out and they paid a lot of players like Danilo Gallinari and Bogdanovich. But damn, if John Collin hits the free agent market, that's going to be very interesting. I feel like he's like got a lot of uh, potential that uh, he's he's been developing, getting better every single year. And him and Trey Young play well together as well, too. Exactly. Who's but your eighth seed? For my eighth seed, I'm going with the Washington Wizards. I feel like Russell Westbrook is a happy Russell Westbrook, and that's one of the most dangerous things that the Eastern Conference might not be ready for because he's back with Scotty Brooks. And although this team that he's on might not have the defense cush, they for sure got some shooters on this roster, something that Westbrook really hasn't had in a quite some time. But maybe you could say he had it with Houston. But, I mean, he's got Bradley Bill. He's got Burtons, like you said. And even though Washington might have overpaid for him, I'm just thinking about what Brooklyn did with Joe Harris. So, I mean, like, it costs money if you want to get a shooter in this league. So. The biggest thing, like you said, is going to be defense for this team, which is why I got them eighth. But I just remember that season where Russell Westbrook averaged a triple-double, and he did end up getting OKC into the playoffs. So I feel like if he was able to do it in a tougher Western conference and get them to the eighth seed, then bare minimum, he has to get Washington to the at least the eighth seed for me. All right, who's your seventh seed? Seventh seed, I'm going with the Indiana Pacers. Now, I feel like the Indiana Pacers – are going to have a bit of a drop-off just for the sole fact that the the team kind of had like a weird offseason with all the trade rumors surrounding Victor Oladipo. Um, the good thing is that 
DeMontis Sabonis is coming back. Hopefully he'll be healthier and he'll be able to get back to the same all-star caliber level that he was of last year. And it'll be interesting to see whether or not we keep, we see the same level of Indiana Pacers that we did in the bubble when TJ Warren just decided to just go God mode and just decided to go crazy. Or are we going to see the Indiana Pacers that got smoked by the, uh, by the Miami heat in the first round. So I think that they didn't really get all that better. And I think that they didn't get, you know, worse in any capacity. I feel like they are still a capable playoff team, but I feel like they're going to have to settle for being in the, this plan uh, for me. Yeah, seven seed, I'm right there with you, Indiana Pacers. This team is – I think this team is better than a lot – than what a lot of people give them credit for. It's just unfortunate that they ran into the Eastern Conference champs in the Miami Heat in the first round and didn't have arguably their best player in Sabonis. Um, and to be honest, they like you said, they didn't really do anything in the offseason. Kind of underwhelming, in my opinion, not trading for Gordon Hayward because based off the trade packages that were rumored to have been speculating with – the the Celtics and the Pacers, it would have definitely helped them to get Gordon Hayward on that team, and, and could have potentially moved uh moved Miles Turner. Miles Turner, well. yeah, that would have been a really good bonus for them because he seems like he's kind of stagnated his career while being in Indiana, right. And I think if Oladipo and Sabonis can get back to their All Star forms, this team can avoid the plane and finish at the top six seed. But I I have faith in Sabonis but not as much as in, in Oladipo. Given Which is his, so weird to history. say. Right. Because he was the main part about in that Paul George uh, trade package, which is insane. Which Sabonis was also a part of. Right. Way. It's so crazy how the roles have kind of reversed. Now Sabonis is kind of like the all-star player and Oladipo is kind of like dropped off a bit. Exactly. But it seems like we're same teams again with the play-in tournaments, uh, 7 through 10, which means our playoff teams are going to be the same. But how are they seeded? How, who do you have for the sixth seed? I have the Philadelphia 76ers at the sixth seed. Now, I told you um, that I wouldn't be surprised if Doc Rivers goes ahead and snatches that coach of the year. But that's all dependent on what happens as far as with this – whole situation with Ben Simmons maybe does he get dealt off and we still got rumors circulating around the Sixers potentially trying to get James Harden so I still feel like that's kind of up in the air and sitting right here right now tipping off today Kush I feel like the Sixers really are not as good as far as the talent that they had a year ago but they might be solid because of the fact that they have the right chemistry and they have the right fit and it's just going to be interesting to see how Doc Rivers can maybe try to make this team better or try to get this team to beyond just a six seat. Can he maybe push them into a four, maybe even a three? But I think that's all going to be dependent on the health of Joel Embiid, which so far throughout his career, we've consistently seen him not be able to play anywhere close to 70 games in a regular season. So I think that if Embiid is not going to be able to be healthy for them throughout the either Embiid or Simmons is, gonna, is not going to be able to be healthy for them. It's just, it's definitely not going to bode well for <laughs> whether or not they're going to be able to get more than just a six seed. Yeah, for sure. My six seed, I got the Toronto Raptors. I mean, they, they accomplished their, their number one priority, the number two priority and their number three priority. 
and that was re-signing Fred Van Fleet. That was their main priority this offseason, and they did that. But it was at the cost of losing Serge Ibaka and Mark Gasol, and that's why I have him getting knocked down all the way to six. They also just locked up OG Ananobi as well, who got paid. Shout out to OG Ananobi. Um, but in my opinion, decent offseason. They got a little worse, but not by a lot. But I also think at the same time, a lot of Eastern Conference teams got better than they were kind of stagnant. So that's why I have them dropping down to the sixth seed. For the fifth seed, I have the 76ers. Daryl Morey came in and didn't waste any time at all. He got rid of Al Horford's terrible contract and overhauled the entire role players around Simmons and Embiid and got Seth Curry. He got uh, Shake Milton is still there and then got Danny Green. So, I mean, and, and the biggest one is he got rid of Brett Brown and brought in Doc Rivers. So, I mean, and they still could not be done, like you said, <clears throat> James Harden. But, uh... I always have faith in this team every season and they always disappoint me <laughs> like every time, like going into the bubble and we were talking about which teams are going to succeed going into the bubble. Did I had you the Sixers up like there. one game or something like that. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. It was either one game where I wouldn't, I, well, I might've been undefeated. Yeah. Like I might've yeah. had. So that's what I'm saying. It's like, I always have faith in this team because on paper, they look so attractive, they do. But, but then I, I won't be surprised, especially now that they have Doc Rivers, if, if they let me and their fans down yet again, fifth seed, who do you have? For my fifth seed, I got uh, the Brooklyn Nets. I am not a believer in the Brooklyn Nets. And the only reason I say that, the only reason, because they, because look, 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 look. Let me, let me just, before everybody loses their minds, because I know there's people right now that are like, yo, why are they not at least top three? Chemistry, 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 y'all. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. Just wait till we hit midseason, and we'll see whether or not this team has the legs. Because so far, preseason, Kyrie's look good. KD's look good. This team has looked good. You got Karis LeVert coming off the bench. You got uh, Jarrett Allen still looking like he's a, a beast. And overall, I feel like this team really was just waiting for KD and Kyrie to both get healthy. And lo and behold, they are both healthy now. But my biggest issue with this team is whether or not they can mold in all together and be all in and focused and not allow the distractions off the court define what happens on the court. And one of the things that we've seen is that already there's been no, nothing but distractions. There's been nothing but bad press, nothing but bad headlines that have constantly kept on stacking up, stacking up, stacking up. And I'm just wondering whether or not that's going to impact what happens on the court. And we have a first-year head coach, which people seem to forget, a first-year head coach who has never had any coaching experience whatsoever in Steve Nash, who maybe he's not, like, full-on, like, hands-on coaching. Maybe he's – maybe that's why he brought in uh, D'Antoni, so that way D'Antoni can kind of, like, be, like, his Tyron Lou. So he can have, like, Tyron – he can have D'Antoni kind of in his back pocket kind of help him out. And overall, I think this is going to be a really fun team. It's just that I just don't know if their chemistry is going to make them an elite top three seed. Very interesting, Corey. Who's your fourth seed then? My fourth seed, I have the Toronto Raptors. I feel like, like you said, they took a bit of a backseat as far as losing out on Gasol, losing out on Ibaka. Yes, that hurt them a lot. But we have to also remember the fact that they still have 
um, their core group of guys. They still have OG. They still have Kyle Lowry. They still have Fred Van Fleet. They still have Pascal Siakam, who needs to have a serious bounce back season because what I saw on the bubble, I was like, oh my God, people were talking and comparing this man to Scottie Pippen. This dude went and disappeared in the bubble. And I need this man to come back to life. He needs to have a better, stronger, and improved season than he did uh, a few a few months ago because that was that was abysmal from Pascal, and I just think that they are still going to have a bad taste in their mouth after having been bounced out in the playoffs. But overall, I think one of the things that is going to maybe hinder them is just they don't have the depth that they did uh, a season ago, and they're just not the same team that they were even two seasons ago. So I feel like each year they're slowly just going to be going less and less, less and less. And I got them at four. And one of the reasons I kind of have them at four is just because I feel like the teams that I got ahead of them, either they got better or they improved in some, some capacity. I feel. For me, at number four, I have the Boston Celtics. Lost Gordon Hayward. Kemba Walker is going to be out for a while to begin the season. But uh, they still have Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and Marcus Smart. And I absolutely love the pickup of Tristan Thompson for that team. I think he's going to fit perfectly as like kind of that gritty big man down low while the rest of the players just play on the perimeter, both offensively and defensively. They, in my opinion, they didn't get any better or they didn't get any worse at the same time as well. So that's why I have them sitting at number four, because I think Brad Stevens can still, uh, you know, cause some havoc in this Eastern Conference. Third seed, I'm going with the Brooklyn Nets. The number one team in the East that everyone will have their eye on and basically we'll be talking about all season long new head coach like you said two new superstars that are playing together a loaded bench but a lot of personalities in that locker room but i think we saw kind of the clippers what they did last season with the chemistry issues they still finished with the second seed in the in the western conference mind you so i think the regular season for the nets will be a learning curve for this team but given the talent that's on that's on this team there's no way i can't put them in the top three in the eastern conference who's your third seed Corey? third seed i'm going with the boston celtics like you said kendall walker is going to be missing the first uh part of the season and honestly i don't feel like they are going to miss gordon hayward all that much because the dude was barely on the court to begin with and really didn't have that much of a big impact i mean you could argue that Maybe him going down, they could have used him maybe for the playoffs. But overall, I feel like their core group is, like we've been saying, Kemba, uh, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart. Those are their core four. And they're going to be down a man for the first part of the season, which is why I could not put them like in the one or two spots. Because Kemba, I feel like, just plays too much of a big role. And sometimes his shot-making ability kind of bails them out and kind of takes the pressure off of both Brown and Tatum. But overall, I feel that, like you said, Tristan Thompson coming in doesn't solidify that big man position because I feel like they're just one one trade away. They're just one trade away. They can get a legitimate big that can be there down low, rim protecting, 
And yes, Daniel Tice is a nice, solid option, and he's cheap. And, you know, Tristan Thompson was a good acquisition, but I think they just need a big that can just be down there and cause some havoc and be able to force the other teams that are in the East have to respect them because right now you can just go to the cup on the, the Celtics easily. But overall, I think that one of the things that I like about the Celtics is just the fact that they have a lot of depth. And sometimes they they have way too much depth. So either Danny Ainge is going to have to figure out a trade to maybe, like, cut down some of his talent pool because I feel like he signed – they, they drafted some guys and they added to the roster via the draft, which maybe they could have just traded all because I don't see how adding Pritchard to this roster was necessary. I don't see how, you know, adding so many guards to this team is necessary. Trim the roster down a little bit, get rid of some of these guys via trade and just try to make, get a package together, like for like a Miles Turner or for like somebody who can be that big man down low and, provide some versatility so that it's just not all on Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. But um, I just think that if they're able to stay healthy and COVID free, this team has to be a top three seed for me, just because of the continuity that they've had for these past few seasons and how they've gone deep and just have been getting knocking on the door, knocking on the door, knocking on the door, and just have missed out on getting back to the NBA finals. Yeah, well, lucky for the Celtics, they have a $28.5 million trade exception from that Gordon Hayward sign-and-trade with the Hornets. So maybe they use that to get that big man that you're talking about. Who's your number two seed? I'm going with the Miami Heat. I feel like the Miami Heat um, definitely did wonders for me last year as far as proving to me Jimmy Butler, not only can he lead a team, but he can lead them to the the NBA Finals. Because after what I saw him do – with the Minnesota Timberwolves where he pretty much dogged out Andrew Wiggins and dogged out Carl Anthony Towns. I just didn't really see leadership. I saw more so like a guy who could be like a number two or number three, and he can be a part of a championship team, but he's not going to be able to lead them. But he made me eat my words and prove a lot of people wrong, including myself, as far as showing that, hey, he just needs to be in the right environment, surrounded by the right uh, coaches surrounded by the right management, Pat Riley, and was able to not only get the heat to the finals, but damn near try to cause an upset when he carried them to some victories over the Lakers. So, I mean, overall, I think that's going to just do nothing but build confidence for this very much inspired heat team that have some budding stars. I mean, Tyler Hero, Bam Adebayo, and then you add those two alongside with Jimmy Butler, and then you just – the thing that like might hurt them is the fact they did lose a couple of guys like Drake Crowder. And and I feel like that might hurt them, but overall I feel like they still have enough talent. They still have enough uh, depth to be able to showcase that they are a top tier team in the Eastern conference. Yeah. I have the Miami heat at number two as well. The East champs. I, yeah, they lost Drake Crowder, but in my opinion, they got better. They went out and got two good, three and D wings and Avery Bradley and Mo Harkless and add that to this hounding defense with Bam and Jimmy Butler and Iggy as well too. When you throw them in there, that this team is great. And I mean, they locked up Goran Dragic and Bam Adebayo to a big contract. So the, the heat are looking promising for the future and they still have Eric Spolstra as their head coach, who we were talking about last season that, 
could be knocking on the door as the best head coach in the NBA right now with the downfall of the Spurs. So that's why I have the Heat at number two. I basically see them picking up right where they left off uh, in the NBA Finals and running through the East this season. Number one seed, we both have the same the Milwaukee Bucks. The Bucks were looking like they were going to have a rough offseason after the Bogdanovich trade fell through and they traded all those first round picks, but that quickly changed after having one of the rockiest offseasons to one of the best offseasons by re-signing Giannis to that Supermax deal. I mean, they basically they they held down and they have their guy locked down for 5 years um and they traded for Drew Holiday and they signed Torrey Craig and Bobby Portis to get more defense on this team when they were already so stacked on defense. Yes, they lose, they lost some bench pieces, but in my opinion, this team didn't get any worse and they finished with the best record in the entire NBA last season. So I really don't see anything changing for the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah, I think um, playoff wise that that they maybe will kind of be hurting as far as on the offensive end that'll depend on whether or not Middleton takes another step that'll depend on whether or not Giannis's Giannis's game has you know developed a little bit more of a jump shot but we'll have to wait and see but I feel like with Drew Holiday as their signature offseason move that kind of was their way of showing Giannis like look we're trying to do whatever we can in order to get you a championship and get you into the NBA finals. So he paid it due back to him and showed them that like, look, I'm loyal to y'all because y'all been loyal to me. Cause let's face facts. Kush, when Giannis was drafted, nobody knew who this man was. Nobody knew who he was. Nobody knew what he was capable of. And if you were to go back to that draft and like, see all the teams that kind of passed up on him, like, I think he feels like he's built a community uh, he's he's kind of developed uh, with this team and with uh, this franchise. And so he kind of wants to stay there and try, and try to see if he can be able to win one. And I think that this year they're still going to remain the top seed in the East just because it's really difficult to stop a guy of his caliber. And he's been the MVP the past two seasons for a reason. So I'm not saying that like necessarily they didn't, do anything that I feel like showed me that like they just got way better as far as like they're going to be like best seed maybe in the NBA or or have like the best record in the NBA but I think that they're still going to be the top seed in the east just because of the fact that it's hard to stop that man Giannis on a on a regular everyday night and it's going to be really tough to really stop the Bucks because I just feel like they still have good coaching with Budenholzer. They still have a, a solid overall team that have played with each other for a good while. And I just think that, like I said, the postseason is going to be maybe questionable, but the regular season shouldn't cause them any trouble. Yeah. And according to James Harden, when you're seven feet tall, it's easy to play basketball. I mean, when you're freaking 20 feet tall, yeah, you can do whatever <laughs> you want. All right, let's move on to the Western Conference. We're taking it back. Let's go to the lottery teams. Number 15, who do you have? This might shock you, and it shocked me, but OKC, I think, is going to be probably a team that I'm not going to really look at unless it's for SGA going off and going crazy. But I'm not expecting Oklahoma City Thunder to really produce high-quality basketball this season. That might be me sleeping on them. I might eat my words. I did think that this team wasn't going to do anything last year, and lo and behold, Chris Paul pulled off – uh, his magic. So 
I don't know. I just I just look at the team and I'm just like, okay, Al Horford, Trevor Ariza, SGA. I'm like, all right, cool. I'm like next, but I, I'm just. It's not to say the team is, that the roster is terrible. It's just that I don't think that they're going to work as far as what they have on paper. Because on paper they sound good. So it's not going to surprise me because I have them at 15 as well, too. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, Sam Presley has stockpiled picks and assets for the future, which, in my opinion, jeopardizes any chance of them winning now and jeopardizes their chance of even being not (laughs) the 15th seed. So Exactly. And and for me, it's really just Shea Gilgis-Alexander and Lou Dort as their only bright spots on the team. And, I mean, I I know OKC has high hopes for Darius Baisley, and I could see the potential in him, but – he still has to yet he still is yet to prove to everyone um the player he is but they will have great veterans in george hill al horford trevor reza to help this young core out but nothing really to say about this team except that 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 i'll be looking forward to seeing them draft at number one overall next season if they get number one overall yeah you never know the lottery odds now lottery yeah so 14 seed i have the sacramento kings I've lost faith in this organization. I think their own fans <laughs> have as well, too. <laughs> well, basically, the Aaron Fox just signed his life to them, which is which is good for the Kings, but not good for Fox, in my opinion. And I'm still waiting for Buddy Heel to play like Steph Curry, just like the Kings said after they traded him for DeMarcus Cousins. But no, okay, let's be serious now. They they got a steal with Halliburton in the draft, and they brought back Whiteside. And but just in a stacked Western Conference, that you need way more to compete in the Western Conference. And I, I think it's going to be interesting that Marvin Bagley's back playing, but hopefully he can stay healthy this season, and we can see what he can do. But really, Kings have nothing to show for, in my opinion. Sorry, Kings fans, if there are any. <laughs> I'm just going out of King's right now. <laughs> Who's your 14 seed? All right, number 14 for me. I'm going with the Minnesota Timberwolves. Timberwolves, look, 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 look. I like Cat. I like Cat. And you damn well bet Cat Carl Anthony Towns is going to be looking to have a big time season after all the different tragedy that he's gone through in the offseason, which you know, shout out to Carl Anthony Towns, man. Keep your head up, bro. I know it's been tough for you, especially you and your your family, bro. Prayers up for y'all. But they, the Minnesota Timberwolves, they did have a pretty solid overall offseason with drafting Anthony Edwards, number one overall in the draft. They still got D'Angelo Russell. But it's just, I guess, <laughs> this team for me, I, I, I just look at them on paper and I'm just wondering, is this going to be another year where they're going to be maybe try to sneak into the, the play-in rounds or are they just going to be one of those teams that kind of misses out and ends up in the lottery? For me, I think they're going to miss out because I'm just not sure how they're going to necessarily work. I'm not sure if Anthony Edwards and D'Angelo Russell are going to be a form- formidable backcourt. And defensively, I think this team is going to get beat down day in and day out. Yeah, my 13th seed is going to be the Timberwolves as well. They landed the number one pick, had a great offseason, made the right choice with Anthony Edwards, duo of D'Lo and Cat, and a lot of young players around them that have potential. But I think that's their problem is that they're too young. 
and their head coach is young as well. And they lack a lot of experience and not to mention, they lack a lot of defense on that team as well too. And I think this is going to be the reason why they missed the playoffs and the playing tournament yet again. I think the front office tried to bring in veteran presence with Ricky Rubio and Ed Davis, but they'll need players with more playoff experience, in my opinion, to help this team out. But they are promising. I see a bright future for this team, but it's just not yet. Not yet, yeah. Who's um, your 13 seed? I'm going with the Sacramento Kings. Um, sorry, Sacramento Kings fans. Like Coach said, if there are any. I, look, I, I like De'Aaron Fox. I like De'Aaron Fox. Um, I like the Marvin Bagley, uh, you know, player, but it's just like Kush said, like, can he stay healthy? That's been his biggest issue. Losing Bogdan Bogdanovich for nothing was probably the worst thing that could happen for this franchise because had they been able to pull out that signing trade, that at least would have been able to get Dante DiVincenzo back. They would have got something back, but now they lose that man for nothing. So you want to talk about, like, total disappointment. I mean, Tyrese Halliburton, we'll see what he produces. You know, I've been told he's a dog. I've been told that he's got a lot of potential behind him. How that is going to mesh with De'Aaron Fox, though, not too sure. But I feel like this team, they 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 are pretty much relying on the fact that they have De'Aaron Fox and they, you know, made that man happy by giving him his contract. But they got a long way to go before they show me anything worth a damn. Yeah. 12 seed, who do you have? Well, see, I'm going with the Memphis Grizzlies. I feel like John Morant uh, is coming off a rookie season. I feel like you got uh, uh, Jared you you coming back from his injury. Um, but I feel like they're just young, man. I feel like they're in a similar situation as the Kings, the Timberwolves, another team that I'm going to get into after this. Um, but they're just way too dang young. And in a stacked Western Conference, the reason that they had such a breakout year last year was because, you know, there were some teams that were vying for the playoffs, especially one team in particular in Golden State, that their guys got injured and they kind of just said, the hell with this season, we're just going to tank. And that kind of opened the door for Memphis to be able to compete and almost dang near get into the postseason but this year, I think with a lot of talent that is in this Western Conference and with a lot of teams getting better, Memphis is going to have to take a back seat for me. And it's going to have to be a developing year for them. And they're going to be taking a lot of lumps this year, unfortunately. So my 12 seed might surprise some people, but I'm going to go with the San Antonio Spurs. I think this team for the second season, I have it missing the playoffs and it feels so weird to do so given that culture of San Antonio Spurs, but it's a different era now. And I don't think the duo of LaMarcus Aldridge and DeMar DeRozan can will this team to the playoffs, but I can see them making a run into the play in tournament. So I'm, I'm not knocking them like completely writing them out, but I just think as a solidified playoff team, there's no way I can write them in there anymore. And and that's because, I mean, they have the pieces to do so to make the playing tournament and one of the greatest head coaches in NBA history. But it's just not enough for me, in my opinion. For my 11th seed, I'm going to go with the Memphis Grizzlies. I feel like I'm disrespecting this team by doing it to them because especially after they shocked everyone and, main, and maintained that spot for the playing game last season. Mm-hmm. 
But I think just with Jaron Jackson Jr. missing a good portion to begin the season with the knee injury, mm-hmm. I just can't see John Morant willing this team to a strong start to solidify a spot in the playing tournament. I mean, maybe when Jaron Jackson Jr. comes back and they start rolling again, um, watch out for the Grizzlies. But I don't know. I just feel like they'll be right on the cusp of missing it. Who's your 11 seed, Corey? I'm going with Zion and the New Orleans Pelicans. Like I said, uh, I got the Grizzlies. They're a young team. They're going to be in the lottery for me. Uh, I feel like the Kings, they're a very young team. The uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves, they're a young team. And the let's be honest, the, the New Orleans Pelicans at, at the number 11 seed, they'll just be missing out on the play-in for me. And that's the strict reason I have that is just because I feel like they did make some nice moves. They did make some good acquisitions. I, I feel like Steven Adams was low-key like a sneaky underrated move that nobody is even talking about. Steven Adams is on the the Pelicans, and they were able to to get him. And I feel like he might be provide some help and some depth. But I just look at the team, and we have Brandon Ingram, who's coming off an all-star caliber season. We have Zion, who's coming off his rookie season. We'll see whether or not how many games he's going to be able to play. New head coach, by the way, in Stan Van Gundy. We have uh, Eric Bledsoe. We have Lonzo Ball, who they did not offer an, <laughs> offer a contract. Couldn't come up with any sort of negotiation. But long story short with the Pelicans, I feel like this is just going to be another year of trying to figure it out. I mean, Especially with the new head coach, this is going to be a year where they're going to have to figure things out and I think they're going to struggle, struggle, but maybe on the second half of the season is where they kind of turn things around and where they can, you know, pretty much try and uh, see if they can get into that playing spot. But all in all, for me, I just think that they're not as good as the other teams that I have ahead of them. So I think this is where we have our first difference. You have the Spurs making either the playing tournament or playoffs, and I have the Pelicans making it into the playing tournament or playoffs. So let's start on with the playing tournaments. Ten seed, who do you have? I'm going with the Houston Rockets. Um, I think that is because I'm just not feeling this team because I feel like James Harden is not motivated. I feel like James Harden is going to be begging to get the hell out of Houston and depending on where he gets traded to, I feel like that's just going to be downhill from there. I don't think that the Rockets, even the roster that they have right now, James Harden wants to play with this team. You can just tell by how he's been playing alongside them in the preseason. While yes, wall and cousins, which shocked me. I didn't expect, I thought one of the two would be playing well, but I didn't think that both wall and cousins would be playing well, but overall, man, I, I think that, if you don't have your best player motivated and ready to play and wanting to play, I think that is not a good sign. And I don't think it's necessarily going to be a good season for the Rockets, even if they stay healthy, even if James Harden is playing his best basketball. I think it's just going to be very difficult because defensively this team is very sus, extremely sus. And they would have to score – they would just have to be like hitting lights up from three every single night. And we know Kush, we know with the Rockets, how if, how iffy they are from beyond the arc. So I just, I don't trust Houston. And I just feel like 10th is the best I can give them. So my 10 seed, I'm gonna go with the Pelicans. I think 
with Zion there to start the season and Brandon Ingram coming off a most improved player this season and a contract extension, the Pelicans forwards are looking like they're the next great young duo in the NBA to take the league by storm. I think they did get worse by trading Drew Holiday for Bledsoe, but they did trade for a solid center, like you said, in Steve Adams that I feel like not a lot of people are talking about. But if Zion has a full season, barring no injuries, it makes this team so much better. You saw what they did towards the end of the season. Granted, they in the bubble, they did not play well at all with Zion there. But I think with this offseason, getting together Zion and Brandon Ingram and you have defensive hounds and Eric Bledsoe and Lonzo at the guard position. This team doesn't have a lot of shoot. I mean, they have J.J. Redick. They have mm-hmm. Josh Hart. and But it's like they don't really have, like, shooters to, you know, drive and kick out, like, consistently. So I think that's where their biggest Achilles heel is. But I still think that you literally have two young and upcoming superstars in Zion and Brandon Ingram. And I think they start to make their mark on their NBA this season with a play-in tournament and potentially – upsetting some teams in there and making some noise in the play-in tournament. And then at the number nine seed, I have the Portland Trailblazers. I think with the Trailblazers, I feel like people either think they're overrated or they're underrated. There's no, there's no in-between. And this is not against, this is not a knock against Dame and company, but how many times are we going to see the Trailblazers running back and end up with the same result? This has to be a year where they win it or they break it up. And I know people are probably thinking I'm crazy for having the Trailblazers at number nine, but this team doesn't appeal to me. I mean, they don't appeal to me at all. They barely made the playoffs last year in the play-in game. And I mean, yes, they got Robert Covington. Yes, they got Harry Giles and his cancer brought back Rodney Hood. But so this, this bench looks good on paper, but they have a glaring hole on defense. They got Robert Covington. That's it. That's that's really it. Their guards can't guard shit. Their big man can't really guard shit, especially getting Ennis Cantor and Harry Giles. Those are offensive players, not really defensive players. So, I mean, given in the Western Conference, when you have to go up against the Lakers, Clippers, Warriors, Nuggets, all that, you need a little bit of defense. So that's why I have them at the ninth seed. in the Still in the playing tournament, so they still have hopes to make the playoffs. So I'm not completely disrespecting them, but I just think they're overrated this season. Wow. I, wow. Wow. I don't know what to say. Kush. Wow. All right. Number nine, I'm going with the San Antonio Spurs. I feel like they're just going to be that team that you hate to see, but they're just going to always be in that mix. They, they don't really have any sort of like flashy guys. I mean, maybe you could say DeMar DeRozan is a flashy guy still, but he's, I don't know. It's been weird. His experience in San Antonio really hasn't been what I, I kind of expected, neither with LaMarcus Aldridge, to be honest with you. But overall, I just feel like with this team, uh, they still have what it takes to be in that conversation as far as be in the at least the playing tournament. I feel like putting them at number nine kind of sets the tone for me to where they're not legitimate as far as being a set playoff team, but I just feel like they're not going to be uh, missing out on at least the play-in tournament for me. Who's your number eight seed? Number eight seed is the team that everybody is so hyped up about, and for good reason. I mean, they went out and acquired Chris Paul, and that is the Phoenix Suns. Phoenix Suns, they got Chris Paul, like I mentioned. They got Devin Booker. They're coming off a very, 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 hot end of last season where they just barely missed the playoffs 
But lo and behold, I have them at the eighth seed. Whether or not they are able to get into the postseason, we'll see. But I feel like the Phoenix Suns, man, they are going to have a very, very, very important year. And if they're not able to get into the playoffs this year, this is going to be a very head-scratcher for me, If especially if they're if everybody's healthy for the most part. This team, for me, I'm so excited to see the Phoenix Suns. I'm excited to see what their roster is capable of. I'm excited to see what they are able to do overall because they have just what looks on paper to be a fun and exciting backcourt. And to be honest, I think getting Chris Paul takes so much stress off of Devin Booker's back. I think that's going to allow him to be able to kind of play a little bit more off ball. But the thing that I kind of, I'm kind of need to see out of them is whether or not they can defend, whether or not they can, you know, just be able to solidify themselves. And if they can go above and beyond uh, my prediction of eight, I would be impressed to say the least. But I think that if I got Westbrook getting in with Washington at eight, then I got to put Chris Paul at number eight with the Suns for me. So my eight seed is the Houston Rockets. I think super optimistic. If there is no James Harden drama this season, he could just hoop without extra baggage. I would definitely have him higher than eight, but we all know there's going to be drama and then absolute worst possible outcome. If James Harden is traded for, let's say, Ben Simmons, I think this team will be around this seat or even lower just because you can't plug in Ben Simmons for James Harden. They're vastly different. (laughs) They're vastly different. So, I mean, you have to literally come up with a different makeup of a team surrounded or centered around James Harden versus centered around Ben Simmons. So let's talk about the average in between with the James Harden drama with James Harden still being on the Rockets throughout the season. James Harden is still a baller. Whether yeah. whether he's frustrated or he's not frustrated, he's baller. He'll go out there and get you 30 a night like it's nothing. And then add that add John Wall to that who's looking like him's old self and then DeMarcus Cousin who still looks like he has stuff in the tank to help this Rockets team out to compete. That's why I have him at the 8C. They have um I wouldn't say a big three. I'd say a mini three with John Wall, <laughs> DeMarcus Cousins, and James Harden if it can all work out um, and have a new head coach as well too. So I think this team can – a lot of people are just writing them off just because of James Harden drama. But I, James Harden is still James Harden for a reason. He's still an MVP in the league, still drops 30 points, 40-point, 50-point triple-doubles. Like it's nothing. <laughs> so, and, and he doesn't have Westbrook who can't really spread the floor. I mean, I'm not saying John Wall's a great shooter – but he can spread the floor a little better than Russell Westbrook. So um, that, that's why I, I have them at the eight seed. And honestly, a lot of people aren't talking about the pickup of Christian Wood. I think that's a lot true. of people are talking about the loss for Detroit rather than the gain for the Rockets. And I think the, the, the pick and roll between James Harden and Christian Wood, we talk about DeMarcus mm-hmm. Cousins, but Christian Wood and James Harden pick and roll is going to be a lot better than what people are anticipating. So, I mean, they, they have players on this team, not to mention they still have P.J. Tucker on that team as well, too. So In that corner. Just <laughs> <laughs> sit in the corner. So that's why I got the Rockets at the eight seed. Seven seed, I got the Phoenix Suns coming off a perfect record in the bubble and looking like a legitimate playoff contender this season just because of their offseason move. One of the biggest offseason moves and winners was trading for Chris Paul, like you mentioned, who can still be 
point guard CP3 at the age of 35 going on to 36. And I mean, yeah, they lost uh, Rubio, but then you got Chris Paul for that. Yeah, they lost Kelly Oubre, but then they went and salvaged that by adding Jay Crowder to this team. So um, I really like it. I really like Cam Jordan. A lot of people are scratching their heads when they first drafted him like, Jesus, holy reach. But turns out he plays really well alongside DeAndre Ayton. And DeAndre Ayton, playing with Chris Paul, I expect him to have a great season and finally play to his number one overall potential. And then Devin Booker, we know Devin Booker's a walk-in bucket, like, regardless. He was playing – he had to play point guard last season at times. So, I mean, him alongside Chris Paul is going to be super fun to watch because I think they had great seasons last year and they're only going to get better playing along CP3. Who's your seventh seed? Seventh seed, I'm going with the Utah Jazz and Donovan Mitchell. Now, this team, I feel it's going to downgrade a little bit. And I don't know about you, Kush, but 200 million five years for Rudy? For Rudy Gobert? Gobert? Come on, man. I'm sorry. I, I can't get behind that. I can't. I can't. I can't support any team that decides to do that. I, I I can't support you. I'm sorry. I got nothing against Utah. I like Donovan Mitchell. I like Joe Ingles. But overall, doing that move, just I, I don't understand that. There's no way I can justify it. But I understand the fact that they can't really acquire stars other than getting players via the draft because you can forget pretty much about free agency because – they're not really a free agency destination, but 200 million five years for Rudy Gobert. I mean, come on. That is a, you want to talk about overpay. That is a beyond an overpay. That's a massive overpay. And then like, I just, I just think that the big thing for them is can they get Boyan back and Jordan Clarkson? Those two have to be playing at the level that they were a season ago and maybe even better against some of the teams that they're going to be going up against in this Western Conference because it it is no joke. I mean, they it, – it, and it's not to say that them coming seventh is saying that, like, they're going to be, like, a fringe playoff team or they're going to be bad. It's just that you look at the Western Conference last year and between, I believe, like, it was, like, fourth and, like, all the way down the, the eighth seed, it was, like, only, like, a few games difference. So – it's not to say that they're going to have like a, a, a bad record with the Utah Jazz. It's just I don't necessarily feel like this team is at the same elite level. And I don't feel like they're going to be um, as dominating as like a top three C for me. All right, let's go to our playoff teams, our seeds, six, five, four, three, two, one, six seed. Who do you have, Corey? Golden State Warriors. I got the Golden State Warriors getting back into the playoffs at the number six seed. I like what they did this offseason. The unfortunate thing, though, is that Klay Thompson will not be featuring this season. <sighs> Man, like every single time I just mentioned Klay, I just, it just kind of, you just kind of feel sadder. But at the same time, I feel like they did a pretty, pretty decent job I don't want to say replacing him but getting Kelly Oubre Jr I mean I feel like that is going to be very fun to watch Kelly Oubre Stephen Curry Draymond Green and the rest of the crew um Steph Curry might be 
a viable MVP candidate at the way that he's been going off in preseason. And if he's able to muster up any level of, uh, of that play in the regular season and stay healthy, man, this Golden State team is going to be a very dangerous team. The question that I have for Golden State is defensively because sometimes they kind of have some lapses on the defensive end. Also, can Andrew Wiggins come up big for them? He's a big question mark, and I feel like he's the 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 biggest question mark for whether or not this team can go above and beyond the sixth seed for me. Uh, but I think that they have – the experience, they have the championship mentality. They still have players from that championship roster on their team. Curious to see what James Wiseman, the rookie, is going to do and whether or not he's going to be able to fit in with all these uh, with all these guys. But uh, I think it's going to be a really interesting season for Stephen Curry and the Warriors because this is kind of going to kind of see whether or not Steph can kind of cut it as being the – the, just the, like the main guy and doesn't really have, um, you know, a, a, a player to the level of like clay on, uh, on the playing on, alongside of him. So I'm curious to see what the Warriors do, but I got to punch them in as a legitimate solidified playoff team at number six. My number six team is the Utah jazz. And first of all, holy overpaid, like you said, <laughs> a center who is so one dimensional on both sides of the ball, giving him $41 million a year is absolutely insane to me, especially for five years in a league that's transitioning to big men stretching the floor and floor spacing. The jazz unloaded the brink trucks for Yes. He is a two time defensive player of the year. And but he, he can't hit a shot outside of five feet of the rim and can't guard a guard in the perimeter at a high level. So in my opinion, he's honestly worth around twenty-five to thirty million a year because he is a hell of a player, but not forty-one million years. When I first saw that, I was just like, "Who?" I almost had to yak. It was bad. But other than that, I mean, a full season and an off season with the Jazz should help Mike Conley, in my opinion, after his disappointing season last year. And then Donovan Mitchell should continue to be Spider Mitchell, uh, especially after we saw him, what what he did to the number three seeded Denver Nuggets last year, literally dropping 50 points on them. And this is without, like, think about it. He's getting Bogdanovich back. That's 19 points per game right there that he was missing last season in the bubble. And if he has that, that's a lot of load off of his plate. And when, when you saw game seven against the Nuggets, Donovan Mitchell was done. He was gassed. He had given everything he could do in games one through six. And come game seven, he was just done. Because I think if you had a somewhat fresh Donovan Mitchell, or at least a Donovan Mitchell from games one through six, Jazz might very well win that game and move on to the next round. So I think with Bogdanovich back, that's going to be a big thing for them. And I think also the acquisition of Derek Favors was great for their bench unit alongside Jordan Clarkson. So I think this team should be around where they were last year, not really getting that much better or getting worse. So that's why I had the Jazz at number six and being a solid playoff team. Number five, I have the Golden State Warriors. Chef Curry's back. And honestly, not being able to see him last season. I mean, I know he had a couple games, but not being able to see him last season really made me thinking like, damn, I'm taking him for granted because he is – he, he is so fun to watch. And even though I very much dislike the Warriors, it's fun to watch Steph Curry watch. And to be honest, I mean, call me crazy. I think he is the best point guard to ever play the game. 
And and I mean, it's it's really controversial because you got some NBA greats, but I think when all is said and done, he's gonna be the greatest point guard to play this game. But that that's a topic for a different day. <laughs> Let's not get into that. But like like you said, no Clay Thompson this season. It's gonna be tough. But they should be able to hang out with the big dogs in the Western Conference. They have good wing players in Wiggins. I mean, I know he hasn't played to the potential he was expected to play at, but he's still a solid player. And then he they got Kelly Oubre Jr. And I also think that Draymond Green is gonna go back to the scrappy Draymond Green that we know because he actually has help on the offensive end this season. Because he was trying to do a both last season. We saw he's like, okay, this guy can't do shit with his backpack looking shot so I think that on the defensive end Draymond is really gonna help him and especially guys like James Wiseman who I'm looking forward to offensively to see how him and Curry's pick and roll game is gonna grow throughout the season and then defensively James Wiseman is a rim protector and having Draymond Green alongside of him it will be fun to see how James Wiseman basically blossoms this season because honestly the, the the Warriors did an amazing job by basically quote unquote tanking last season, getting, in my opinion, the best prospect in that draft, and you know, and, and just add him to Steph Curry, Draymond, and Clay. Like it's nothing. A team that a lot of people forget won seventy three games in a season. But um, only thing that concerns me with the Warriors is their bench. Their bench is not good. They don't have a lot of depth, and it's not going to stack up against some of these West teams' bench. But I think their starting lineup is going to be solid enough to solidify them in the playoffs. Corey, who's your number five seed? I couldn't believe you disrespected them, but Portland Trailblazers, bro, bro, bro. The Portland Trailblazers, we got to put them at the number five seed. They're coming off a, a season where Damian Lillard pretty much had to go crazy. Now maybe he doesn't have to do that so much. I mean, the Damon CJ project, we've been wondering how much longer can this go on and maybe this is the final act if you will and if this is the final act then i would love to see it because we got a healthy portland trailblazers team that i pray stays healthy the entire season because i just seen the potential with this team and maybe they don't have it defensively that might be the biggest issue but boy oh boy they are gonna have some help for my man d lil because d lil i told y'all don't sleep on him he might be he might be an mvp candidate that's this that's just the narrative that i think is going to be going on it's going to be d lil and luca but i think that the portland trailblazers they're going to go crazy this season they're going to be that team that is like the oklahoma city thunder of a year ago they're going to be the team that no one sees coming but boy you better be ready for them because the the just like I said, the addition of Robert Covington and seeing what he was able to do defensively for the Rockets, and you put that on this team, Nurkic is going to get better this year. Harry Giles is going to be a nice piece off the bench. Collins off the bench as well is going to be nice to see. Um, just another year of this team having played with each other, having meshed with each other, already knowing each other's tendencies and what each other like to do. And a motivated Damian Lillard is dangerous because it's about to get crazy it's about to be Damien it's about to be it's about to be Lillard time almost every night and I can't wait to see I can't wait to see it all right let's move on to the fourth seed Corey who do you have 
we have him at MVP for a reason. So I figured he has to at least be in the top four. So it has to be the Dallas Mavericks. I think that Luka Doncic and the Mavericks, they're going to have a special year this year. But I just don't think that they're going to be able to crack it into the top three quite yet. But I think Luka Doncic is ready to sort of say, yo, we're legitimate. We're in the four or five seed range. And I think he's he's going to show like I'm ready to step up and get that MVP award and I'm ready to showcase what I got. So I think that it's going to be nice to see him. It's going to be nice to see them improve uh, defensively with the signings of uh, Josh Richardson. Um, I think that's going to be the biggest thing because last year they couldn't guard anybody and it kind of, kind of wore on them, even though they did take your Clippers to two games, Kush. I, I just felt like the difference between them winning that series might have been whether or not um, they just had some some defenders on the other end because they just couldn't stop <laughs> the Clippers. But if they're able to play like dogs on both ends of the court, then this is going to be a scary team that nobody's going to want to match up with in the postseason for sure. Yeah, I have Mavericks at number four as well. I already really talked about this team in our second episode of Overtime, which if you guys haven't seen, check it out, Instagram, Facebook. But I predicted them taking two awards home this season, and I'll let you guys find out who I'm not really going to go into this team that much because I want you all to check that video out if you haven't already. And if you have, then you don't need to hear it again. Um, But, yeah, I think just the biggest thing is Porzingis being out for the beginning of the season. Uh, Luke is going to have a lot of a lot on his plate to start the season. But once uh, once Porzingis comes back, they're going to be get be rolling and the Mavericks are going to be the four seed third seed. I honestly I wanted to put this team as my number two seed and bump my number two seed to the number three seed. But uh, I mean, spoiler alert, my Clippers bias came out of my computer screen and slapped me across the face. So (laughs) that's why I have the Denver Nuggets at number three. And like Corey said in overtime, I expect Jamal Murray to have a breakout season and make an all star appearance this season and possibly even an all NBA team appearance. I mean, it's going to be interesting, but I definitely think Jamal Murray, after seeing what he did in that bubble to every single team he played against, it wasn't just like it was against the Jazz. It wasn't just like it was against the Clippers. Not, like, it was against the Lakers as well, too. Like Jamal Murray was balling in the bubble. And I think also the emergence of Michael Porter Jr. in the bubble is going to help this team out a lot, especially since they lost Jeremy Grant, which was a huge loss for them. But they got Michael Porter Jr. to fill that role very well. And then they had, they picked up Jamichael Green, uh, who I think is going to be uh, able to help solidify that backup power forward big man spot. But honestly, this lineup top to bottom is just so great. But I just can't put them above the top two teams that I have because I think they have better rosters in my opinion. But, I mean, Nuggets, even if I would put them in the Eastern Conference, they could be fighting for that number one seed, number two seed in that Eastern Conference. But the Western Conference is too stacked at the top, and that's why I have to put them at number three. Corey, who's your number three seed? I agree with you. I got the Nuggets at number three as well. I kind of was thinking about maybe going ahead and putting them at number two, which I wouldn't be shocked that they get the number two seed, to be honest, because I feel like they're really close. Because you saw the final uh, standings of last year. They were right there neck and neck with the Clippers and almost could have snaked them for that second seed, but just missed out. So I wouldn't be shocked that they maybe, like, could get above the Clippers. But I just don't know if they can maybe uh, legitimately take that number one seed. Because this team, 
like you said, other than losing Jeremy Grant, it's pretty much the same team that we kind of saw with uh, Jermichael Green uh, coming off the bench. They still have a lot of different pieces, and they still have a lot of different uh, uh, lineups that they can kind of throw at you and give you multiple different looks. Um, so I think the biggest question is how much of a loss is that Jeremy Grant to the Pistons going to be for the Nuggets? Because he was a big-time player for them, and he would guard like the team's – either second or first best player on any given night. So now you're kind of relying on uh, either, you know, some young player or, you know, somebody on your team to have to go up against, you know, the LeBrons or the ABs. And I don't know how that's going to necessarily affect the, the chemistry, but overall, like we've been talking about, Jamal Murray is about to say, yo, Maybe we got to say he's the best player on this team. I mean, I know mm. Jokic. I know Jokic is legitimately an all-star and a, a potential even MVP candidate type of player. But Jamal Murray, what he did in that bubble, if he if he takes the baton and keeps it going with this season the way he went off, I mean, we might have to legitimately start asking ourselves, whose team is it, Jamal Murray's or Nikola Jokic's? But overall, I feel like both those guys are going to be spearheading another – big-time season for the Nuggets. They're already coming off a season where nobody expected them to get to the conference finals. Shocked the entire NBA. Everybody was penciling in Clippers versus Lakers, and they say, oh, think again. And so I think the Nuggets, they Thanks got for a the lot. PTSD. <laughs> they, have, they got a lot on their shoulders coming into this season, and I think they're going to try to duplicate what they did just a season ago, but maybe even try to take it a step further and get to the finals. All right, number two seed, who do you have? I got your Clippers, and I think that this is a this is a, a big year for them. I mean, they had to obviously make some changes in the offseason, firing Doc Rivers, replacing him with Tyron Lue. And honestly, losing Montrez Harold was a bit of a loss until they signed Serge Ibaka. Because if they would have just lost Montrez Harold and not signed Serge Ibaka, then that would have been probably – Yikes. I would have probably had to drop them to maybe three or possibly four, to be honest with you. But I think that this year is all about the resurgence of Paul George, not PG, not playoff P, not pandemic P. This needs to be a Paul George PG 13 year. This needs to be the year where he gets it finally going and go and, pull, and just turns the clock back to when he was with the Indiana Pacers because I'm tired of Paul George making excuses. There's literally a compilation on YouTube of this man making excuse after excuse after excuse over and over and over because this has to be the year where you put up or shut up if you're Paul George. And to be honest with you, Kawhi Leonard as well, because what happened to them last season was absolutely inexcusable. They should have been in the conference finals, and they should have at least been challenging because they had the deepest roster. They had everything on paper. But it's just like we said, they didn't have the chemistry, and they really hadn't played a whole lot with each other. And I guess if you want to say what they accomplished while they, you know, had the small time they did with each other was impressive. But th th this is a grown man league. This is the NBA the excuses are out the window with this franchise. It's you got to make it at least to the conference finals. And even that might not be enough to be honest with you, because this is a team that has championship aspirations and they need to start acting like it. It can't be, um, well, we were just trying to see if we could figure things out. No, 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 no. You guys have to act like you're trying to win. So that's, that's pretty much what I have for the Clippers this year. I want them to go out and, 
really be focused this year and stop playing games. I mean, I'm right there with you, Corey. I have the Clippers at number two. And, I mean, in my opinion, this team actually got better roster-wise than they were last season. Like you said, got rid of Doc Rivers, lost Montrez Harold, but signed Sergi Baca, who – in my opinion, is a better fit to this Clippers team than Montrez Hero was. And that's, I'm not saying that he's better than Montrez Hero, but I'm saying as a fit to this team, it's a lot better. And they went out and got Luke Kennard to come off the bench as a playmaking shooter that they needed off the bench alongside Lou Will. Got a veteran wing defender, Nick Batum, who is definitely looked washed in the preseason. So I need him to turn back the clock. But um, they re-signed Marcus Morris, who... Last year, when I was watching the playoffs, looked like the second best player on the Clippers last season. And that's not a good thing, considering you have Paul George on your team. In my opinion, Kawhi is going to be Kawhi, so I'm not worried about him, really. I mean, people want to look back and look at that fourth quarter of that game seven. But look at all the other games before that. They would not be in the position they were in if it wasn't for Kawhi Leonard. And a lot of people want to scrutinize him. But Kawhi did his job. He he did his job to put him up 3-1 in that series. and. I mean, one guy cannot do everything on a team. And I, you, I couldn't have said it better than you. This is a season all about Paul George. I know Paul George is a tremendous player, and he's really just scrutinized like crazy on social media, and it's it's ridiculous. But in a year that he really needs to step up and prove not only to this team, but the entire, entire NBA that he is still PG-13, who, like, in LKC was in that MVP race. Like, where did that Paul George all of a sudden just go? Like, you had shoulder surgery, so it's like, that's not an excuse anymore. You want to, like, like you said, the excuses just keep on piling up, and I can't take it anymore. So I really need Paul George to show up, and not only in the regular season, but in the playoffs. We, re- we really need to see Paul George in the playoffs because, really, for the Clippers, this is a make-or-break season for them. They re-signed Paul George, re-signed – uh, to, to a massive contract they re-signed Luke Kennard Montre- or uh, Marcus Morris excuse me but the biggest thing is your best player on your team Kawhi Leonard you need to prove to him that he can stay on this team and you need to prove to him that he's going to be successful here for the rest of his career otherwise he can just pack up the bags and leave and you have no future with your first round picks giving them all to OKC Yeah, so, I mean, the Clippers really have to, like you said, put up or shut up because uh, it's tough out here being a Clippers fan. That's all I'm going to really say. Number one seed, it seems like we both have the Los Angeles Lakers. It's just crazy to me how this team just won an NBA championship and may have had the best offseason in the entire NBA. Got better. How do you do that? How do you get better after you already won a chip? It's it's uh, LeBron James and Rich Paul. That's what it really, is. Really, <laughs> exactly. I mean, they went out and they added two of the three six men of the year finalists, and one of them actually won it in Montrezl Harrell, and then they got the runner-up in Dennis Schroeder. And then they got themselves a defensive player of the year and crafty big man in Marc Gasol. Then they got rid of Danny Green's contract after he played so poorly for this <laughs> team. And then and they actually replaced him with Wesley Matthews, which is obviously he's not as good of a player as Danny Green is, but he's a great replacement given – how much they're paying him versus how much they're paying Danny Green. And, oh, yeah, they still have LeBron and Anthony Davis. <laughs> so they still have that. And the only way I really see this team not getting the number one seed is if they load manage their, super, their two superstars a lot this season. 
But other than that, there's really no reason why they shouldn't have the number one seed in the West and honestly the best record in the entire league because this team, top to bottom, is great. Coaching staff is great. And chemistry, as we saw them win the championship last year, looks great. So there's really no knock on this team. And, I mean, you didn't even mention the preseason wonderkin that we just saw on THT. I mean, this mm-hmm. dude comes out of nowhere, and all of a sudden it's like, yo, the Lakers just keep finding talent. How do you do that? Like, it's not fair at all. But I just feel like, like you said, Kush, I mean, barring any low management or Anthony Davis gets injured, just just, just Glass not, man. Not, Glass I'm not, man. I'm not trying to put that out there, but I'm just saying it's – not that far off if you did really think about it he's had numerous injuries in the past so if anthony davis gets injured then this team might be in some serious trouble but overall i think that they are from top to bottom they have the most the most depth they have made the best acquisitions in the po- in the preseason it's just a matter of or whether or not they they're going to have that same fun environment that they had a season ago because we saw the biggest differences between the Lakers and the Clippers where it was fun when you would watch the Lakers warm up and they would be over here doing like their little football routine and even off the court these guys seemed like they were having fun versus with the Clippers it didn't seem like that was more uh, really a fun environment it seemed like that was just you know guys just trying to make the best of a bad situation and you could maybe put that on Doc Rivers. You could maybe put that on management. You could maybe put that on the players themselves. But overall, I feel like with the Lakers, they just got to be able to find the right chemistry. And you know LeBron. LeBron is going to really find, you know, any sort of way to make sure that the chemistry is good. They paid Kyle Kuzma, which I've been I've been going back and forth in my mind why they did that. I think they might have paid Kyle Kuzma the contract that they did to maybe think about if he if he's not able to play – how they want him to they might just go ahead and try to uh you know send him out of there and try to maybe flip him for somebody else so i wouldn't be shocked if maybe kyle kuzma is still on the training block don't think that just because he got that contract he's safe but the lakers overall they're a beast and they're going to be the best in the west by far for me for sure so those are our long season predictions but let's get into our some of our playoff predictions just let's talk about the playing tournament with the eastern conference i think we had all the same teams in the eastern conference so basically the way the playing tournament works is the it's between the seven eight nine ten seeds and the seventh and eighth seed play each other first and whoever wins that game gets the seventh seed and then the nine ten seed play each other and then the loser of that is automatically eliminated from playoff contention and the winner of that plays the loser of the seven versus eight seed and then the winner of that game between the loser of the seven eight and the winner of the nine ten they get the eight seed and it's uh, winner go home. There's no double elimination, nothing like that. It's either winner go home. So Eastern Conference, let's just talk about the eighth seed. Who do you have wrapping up the eighth seed? So for me, um, so just a quick recap, I have uh, for Pacers finishing seventh, the Wizards finishing eighth, the Hawks finishing ninth, and the Magic finishing tenth. I think between the uh wizards and the pacers i think that the pacers are going to keep their same spot i think they're going to solidify themselves as the seventh seed and get that spot the wizards are going to have to battle it out against the atlanta hawks in a one game playoff 
And I think that the Wizards are going to finish at the AFC. They're going to knock off the Atlanta Hawks and secure their AFC. So I don't really have any shakeup happening. I have it pretty much chalk as Pacers 7 and Wizards 8. So to recap mine, I had the Pacers at 7, Hawks at 8, Magic at 9, and Wizards at 10. And between the Pacers and Hawks game, that 7-8 seed, I have the Hawks winning it. So they're going to capture that 7th seed with the Pacers playing the winner of Wizards versus Magic. And I have the Wizards winning that matchup, which means Wizards would play Pacers for the 8th seed. And I want to give it to the Wizards really bad, but like I said, they just have defensive liability that entire team and that's why i'm giving the pacers that eighth seed let's move on to the western conference we had different teams in the playing tournament so uh i had the suns at seven rockets at eight trailblazers at nine pelicans at 10 so between the seven and eight seed i have the suns playing the rockets i have the suns winning I think CP3 gets his revenge on James Harden, if he's still there, that is, in the Rockets and the Suns. That would be good. That would be a good thing to see, though, them go back and forth for one game. So I have the the Suns getting the seventh seed, which means the Rockets play either the Trailblazers, Pelicans winner, and I think the Trailblazers are going to win that one, and they're going to play the Rockets. And then I think that the Trailblazers are going to upset the Rockets and – get that eight seed so i still have him making the playoffs Corey. don't be on me that hard okay okay because because i know when it comes to the playoff game time is a real thing it is it is but how far they'll get into it that's we'll talk about that later but yeah i have seven seed as the suns and the eight seed finishing out as the trailblazers who do you have all right so for to recap my seventh seed was the utah jazz my eighth seed was the phoenix suns and my ninth seed was the spurs and the tenth seed was the rockets so between the ninth seeded spurs and the tenth seeded rockets i'm gonna say old man popovich is gonna do what he does best and frustrate james harden and send him packing bro i think that the the spurs are going to move on and i think between the utah jazz and the Phoenix Suns, I just think I got to go on paper here. I think that the Utah Jazz are still a better team than the Phoenix Suns, so I got them winning that matchup. So between old man Popovich's Spurs and the new school of the Phoenix Suns and Chris Paul, I think I got to go ahead and give that to Chris Paul and the Suns, and they stay in as the eighth seed, and they go to the postseason. Spurs go home and get eliminated. All right, now let's move on to our conference finals, who we think is going to be the matchup in the East and the West, and who we think the winners are that will be playing in the NBA Finals. Let's start off with the Eastern Conference. Who do you have? So in the conference finals, I have the Boston Celtics going up against the Brooklyn Nets. And ladies and gentlemen, with Kemba, bearing if Kemba is able to come back, and is able to mesh in still with the Celtics, and they're still that same team that got to the conference finals of last year. Um, I got to go with the Celtics knocking off the Brooklyn Nets in a surprise, surprise five games. Wow. That, that's, a, that's a wowzer. That is actually really crazy. Um, damn. Okay, so... <laughs> I have in the Eastern Conference Finals. I don't know how you don't have the Miami Heat there because, I mean, they really didn't get any better or worse, and they look like they just ran through the entire Eastern Conference last year. So 
I have the Heat in there, and I have them playing the new Nets. So the new and improved Nets. I mean, I think they're going to have maybe their learning curve, like I said, in the regular season, but come playoff time, it's still you got KD and Kyrie, two of most the closers. They're literally nicknamed the closers because <laughs> of the shots that they've made in the biggest games of the season, and that's why I think the Nets are playing the Heat. And I think I don't want to. I, I I hate to do this to the Heat, but I have the Nets going to the NBA Finals in their first season. I knew new coach, and I know it's new players, new a lot of chemistry, but. I think the Nets pull it off because I think there's just way too much talent on that team not to get to the NBA Finals. But then again, I said that about the Clippers last year too. Hey, Never know. Hey, we'll see. Western Conference Finals. I think it's, for me, it's supposed to be the 2020 matchup that we thought we would see in the Western Conference Finals. And that Agreed. is the battle of LA with the Lakers and the Clippers. I think that Clippers finally get over that hump. I mean, this is me also being an optimist. <laughs> Clippers fan (laughs) but I really think that they do like given our explanations for the Lakers and the Clippers I think Nuggets are right there but I just think the the duo of Kawhi and PG and the duo of AD and LeBron are far superior than the duo of Jamal Murray and Jokic as of right now and I still think that we're gonna see that Steph Curry is really gonna miss Klay Thompson in this playoff run Mm -hmm. so that's why I have the Lakers versus Clippers in the Western Conference Finals, and sucks to say, but I think as of right now, the Lakers are the better team, and I have them making the NBA Finals. What about you, Corey? I I agree with you. I think that it's, it's going to be a close series. I got the Lakers winning it in seven. I think that um, it's going to be very, very, very intriguing to see Kawhi versus LeBron in the Conference Finals. I so want to see it. We got robbed of it last year. But, hey, I mean, kudos to the Nuggets. It is what it is. But this year, I want to see Clips versus Lakers in the conference finals. I need that. And like I said, I need to see the redemption of Paul George in the postseason. I need to see what he can do matched up against the Lakers in the playoffs. I need to see Kawhi in the playoffs again, making a run in the conference finals. And overall, I just want to see this matchup, man. I just want to see – these guys go at each other. This in this somewhat a bit of a rivalry, you could say, brewing. There was, you know, a little bit tit for tat going on last year. You saw Beverly kind of jawing and, you know, going at LeBron and, you know, things of that nature. So to just see that constantly throughout this series, that is gonna be so much fun. And if this is a seven game series for me, I mean I can't I cannot go against LeBron and A D. I feel like they're the best dynamic duo in the NBA as of right now bearing any injuries or anything. I think that they have the best one-two punch at the moment. And I think they're going to the finals and it's going to be Lakers versus Celtics. If it goes game seven, Lakers, Clippers, and games are open and COVID is clean, I might have to empty out the savings just to to get a nosebleed seat. Yeah, I'll be right there with you. We can do nosebleed podcasts from from the nosebleeds. Uh, It'll just be a lot of yelling from me probably if that were to happen. But you have Celtics versus Lakers in the NBA Finals. Who do you have winning that? Guys, do not kill me. Do not kill me. But if everybody is healthy, I'm saying this is going to be an upset here. I got the Boston Celtics getting their 18th championship and upsetting the Los Angeles Lakers in seven games. 
I mean, that's insane <laughs> to me. First of all, the fact that you have the Celtics in the finals is insane to me. And to then to have them win is insane. After you just went and said that they need a big man because they can't stop interior. Hey, hey, I'm being optimistic right now. I'm thinking really that. Really optimistic. I'm being really optimistic right now. I think that, look, I just feel like this team, like if they can avoid one, if they can avoid having to go up against the Bucks, that is the, the, the big key, if they can avoid having to play them. But overall, man, I think that the Celtics, they just need the stars to align perfectly for them. And they need the, the they need to get they need to get some moves going in the in in that midseason. I'm I'm taking into account that maybe they make a move here and there, but I just think that the Celtics get to the finals and they're not just getting there to be a whipping boy for LeBron and AD. They're going to make some noise because I still remember how close the Celtics were against. Just think about it. They were close to getting to the finals when LeBron was back in Cleveland. Yes. He didn't have AD. I know. Yes. That's what I was just about to say. Yes, LeBron did not have AD. And was literally doing it by himself. But I'm just saying, man, anything can really happen once you get into the finals. So, I mean, three against two. I think I think if Kemba's got it going, I think if Tatum's got it going, Brown or Smart has, has it going – and the only thing, though, is who's going to guard AD, obviously. But overall, I, I think that it doesn't make any sense on paper. But I'm going with the Celtics to be the surprise of this season and go ahead and win an 18th championship. I mean, they rolled out the banner jerseys. So I'm just like, it might, <laughs> I'm just saying, the, the Celtics are telling people already that, look, don't expect us to do anything. Everybody's already not even talking about the Celtics as being a, a championship contender, which is fine. They're flying under the radar. But I would not be shocked if they get to the finals, and I won't be shocked because, remember, the coaching of Brad Stevens is going to be on full display in the finals if he's able to get there with this Celtics team. And against Frank Vogel, against LeBron, against AD, we've seen in the past – that LeBron, when he's had to go up against elite-level coaches, he's had his struggles. So, I mean, we'll see. And one thing that is going to be very interesting is whether or not LeBron can repeat as a champion, something that I don't think he's ever done in his entire uh, – Yeah, he did. In Miami, he did. He did? Oh, okay, okay. In okay. 2013 and then right, 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 right. Okay, so it'll just be interesting to see whether or not that he can repeat once again as a champion. I don't think so, but we'll have to wait and see. And you thought my Trailblazers prediction was crazy? <laughs> is, are, are you doing this just to, you know, try to get back at me for that? Because this is you absolutely know? insane. Hey, hey, hey. Remember, this you know is that, that's that fine. Picked, that, that's fine. This I'll, is the I'll, man that picked the Patriots not to make the playoffs and the Dolphins to win the AFC East. Guy, don't bring another sport into this. Hey, I'm just saying. I'm crazy. But All right, when, let me, let happens, me, let me talk about... Here. I'll be here. Let me let me bring some sanity back to this podcast. Go ahead. Go, <laughs> ahead, go ahead. I think it's gonna be Nets Lakers, and okay. I think LeBron finally gets his revenge on Kevin Durant and shows up his former teammate in Kyrie Irving and basically tells him, "I have a better teammate over here in LA <laughs> than I had with you winning the championship in Cleveland." Okay. And basically, I think the Lakers go back to back, which hurts me to say, being a Clippers <laughs> fan. But again, no no bias over here. Um, but yeah, I think Nets Lakers, Lakers went back to back. Just can't see this team really not winning it given they're coming off a championship title and they just got better. So 
Lakers, Corey. I thought about this a long time, though. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. That's going to do it for this episode of the Nosebleed Extra Extra Long NBA Season Predictions 1. Let us know who you got winning the NBA Finals and what teams you have upsetting who. And, um, you know, if you have any bold predictions like me saying the Trailblazers 90, Corey saying the Celtics going to win the championship, you know, let us know on our social media on Twitter at the underscore nosebleeds that's K-N-O-W-S bleeds on Instagram at the nosebleeds and on Facebook the nosebleeds podcast make sure you tune in on Fridays for overtime with the nosebleeds Uh, Corey any last words before this NBA season kicks off finally let's go so ready for this NBA season we're gonna be giving you guys a special Christmas edition because we're gonna be talking about our Christmas Day games on Friday so stay tuned for that on overtime but other than that we out of here man deuces